Welcome back for Mum Talk Series 6, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum, from pregnancy to life now with a baby, sharing all the highs and all the lows. As we go through this series, I will be joined by knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, and also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Mum Talk, Series 6, Episode 5 and we are continuing on the theme of play. If you haven't yet caught up with last week's episode, make sure you do. It's with the fantastic Emma Warrilow, a kids' culture expert. This week, I am chatting with Daisy Upton, also known as the 5-Minute Mum. If you don't yet follow her on Instagram, make sure you do. She creates the most brilliant activities to do with kiddos for lots of different ages. And she has essentially compiled everything that she knows into a book. And we are talking about her book and lots of other bits and pieces as we go into today's podcast. To give you a little bit of background on Daisy, after years of working in sports broadcasting, she quit her job to become a teaching assistant. And when her two children turned three and one, she found her love of coming up with silly games to make learning more fun in the classroom finally came into its own at home and she began blogging about what she was up to. And of course, loads and loads of mums like you and I and dads and carers loved her blog and loved creating, recreating the games that she was creating with her children. So Daisy and I, of course, are talking all about her new book and lots of other bits as we go into the podcast. So without further ado, let's head straight in. I loved chatting with Daisy. She really opened my eyes as to how much fun and how much we can actually teach our children with very, very small amounts of time. Enjoy. Daisy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You have two kids of your own. I do. So tell us a little bit about how this book came about and a little bit of your background because for the listeners, um, this is the first time Daisy and I have spoken and we have literally just pressed record. Um, So introduce yourself to me and to the listeners. (laughs) So uh, I'm Daisy Upton, but I'm known as Five Minute Mum. And yeah, the book's the kind of the end, well, the end where we are now of my story. (laughs) It sort of started way back um in when my children were three and one so I've got Ewan who is now five and a half and Florence who is now three and a half um but when I started the blog they were just three and one and it was kind of um a changing point for me because when they're newborns that first year I just find it a whole hazy blur mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just I just had no creativity I felt like my brain had been like submerged underwater of tiredness and all these stuff that I'd learned as a teaching assistant which is what I had done before I had children um seemed to just go out the window and I was thinking to myself constantly oh I should be doing things with them that I used to do but I can't think of anything because I'm just so tired and then when they got to three and one I felt like um Florence started sleeping a bit and Ewan was at an age where I was sort of starting to think he was coming towards the point where I would have taught him at that age so I taught preschool for a little while when I first started teaching and I thought, oh, I could actually start doing some stuff with him now. That's like teaching him how to, what his name looks like and what numbers look like to 10. And 
And that was kind of where it began. And uh, the way I did that was Ewan was absolutely not interested in the slightest <laughs> in a pen and putting it on paper or drawing or colouring or what letters were or numbers. And so it was like the same as when I was in the classroom. If you had a child who wasn't interested in that, well, it was just seen as a challenge, right? Okay, how can we get them interested? And that was just how I approached it with him. So he was really into his like vehicles and cars and trains and tractors and diggers. And so I just started... Um, making up little games for him based on what he was really interested in and trying to just get him to recognize the letters of his name really um and so that's where it's well that's where it's I started coming up with stuff um and it wasn't for another about six months until I turned it into a blog so I firstly um sort of played all these games and told my friends about them and they were kind of like oh that sounds good. Can you send me, text me what you're doing? Or, and so then I started putting it on my own Facebook page and then people started commenting and talking and I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a blog at some point. And then just didn't get around to it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just sort of playing in the garden and doing stuff. And then I told my husband about my idea for a blog and he, and he said, oh, why don't you be like Joe, the Joe Wicks of parenting and come up with something that's kind of quick and easy and um, and we talked about that and I talked about my ideas being I just wanted it to be really simple and I was too tired to set anything up and then yeah he came up with five minute mum so he suggested the name takes full oh, credit brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then I and then I started pulling it together into a blog really and the blog just took off and um, people shared it and I think the, the lovely thing about parenting is that you're all you all feel like you're in the same boat and so a lot of the time it was people saying to me oh my friend told me about you and my friend tagged me in you and and it was just parents telling parents so Mm. um it just seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger really um and then yeah and then I was approached by a a literary agent and she she put me in touch with the lovely people at Penguin um and they yeah they were like we we want you to make to write a book so and here we are (laughs) a day away from release date of your new book one day away yeah it comes out tomorrow I still I still can't believe it <laughs> how fantastic <laughs> really so yeah that's so that's the sort of story of what I've where how it's come about and it's been really quick because it so that was yeah what two years ago so oh wow it was clearly meant to be clearly meant to be <laughs> yes Oh, fantastic. Well, before I get um, into asking you lots and lots of questions about your book, tell us a little bit of what your average day looks like. Oh, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I sort of feel like every time we get into a routine and you'll feel like this with a one-year-old, it's like it shifts again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the average day changes, I would say, every sort of two months or so. Something else seems to come into the routine that shifts it. But... um, so Florence now goes to preschool three three days a week, which um, shifts things up. So would you like me to sort of talk through a day when I have them both at home? Yeah, or, I think that would be lovely. Yeah, more useful, wouldn't it? So I tend to do, um, so I tend to set something up in the morning for the kids. So we would, um, my kids get up super early. So um, people always say to me, oh, how do you have time to play games in the morning before school? But they're up at five. <laughs> So oh my we gosh have loads of time <laughs> we have absolutely I'm like I don't know where you can't find the time I've got absolutely <laughs> um yeah so Mike is mega rare they always have and uh, we so we tend to like in a I'm in a haze have a cup of tea I tell them all to go away <laughs> but we have some breakfast and then when I've kind of come to a little bit I'll set something up for them 
and we tend to do like a five minute game then and it will be anything from laying out a puzzle to clearing out space for something or doing one of the games from my book so um at the moment it's like you and learning his spellings so we're doing lots of games with spellings and tricky word recognition which is what they have to know when they get to sort of five six which he is at school now they start to introduce all these all these tricky words and high frequency words which you just see loads in books so they um they have to learn those at school so we do lots of games around those mm-hmm. Lots of fun things with magnetic letters and writing it in shaving foam or writing it in chalk on the kitchen floor or writing it on the window in a whiteboard pen. Um, bits and pieces like that. And for Florence, I'll set up something similar for her that's usually around her name. So just recognising the letters of her name or, you know, playing some sort of game where she's throwing something at them. She's quite active and physical, so she likes something that's like jumping or throwing. Um, yeah, so we set up a game and then it's like usual routine stuff, isn't it? It's, you know, brush teeth, get dressed. Mm-hmm to just doing you know I only ever do those things very briefly I set up a five minute game takes five minutes we play for however long they want to and then we crack on with the rest of our day and then it's usually you know trips to the park doing your errands going to supermarket that sort of thing and then and then in the afternoon when there's a bit of a lull um I do the same sort of thing so usually after lunch we'd have a bit of quiet time so sometimes Florence would have a nap or um, Ewan has a bit of like iPad time or play on some games apps on the iPad. And then while they're doing that, so while Flo's having a nap and Ewan's um, watching telly or iPad, then I set up the next game. So I set up something else in a different part of the room. And then when they fancy that, so I, we always follow the golden rule when we play. So I just set those sort of things up and they're busy. And then if they find it at some point in the afternoon, then we would we would play another game. Um, and that would usually, yeah, be something different. So it might be something to do with numbers. It might be something that's just silly fun. Some of the games in my book at the moment are just sort of just uh, giggling together, <laughs> throwing things, catching things. Like the other day we did the one where you pass the parcel. Oh, yes, uh, I saw that one. Yeah, puzzle past the parcel. So we did that and I put some words and letters inside the parcel. So we played that together. And then afterwards we screwed up the newspaper and tried to throw it in the washing basket for about 20 minutes <laughs> or That's having a sort of whatever age you are, I reckon that one. <laughs> exactly. And then they were throwing at each other. We were throwing, like having like a newspaper snowball fight <laughs> for a little while. And then it's kind of like four o'clock swings round, and, um, I need to get the dinner ready. So then again, I'll either, they go and play with their things. You usually cracks out some Lego or, something vehicle related still and Florence um is obsessed at the moment with her Barbie she just loves her Barbie my mum and dad got her like they gave her my old Barbie um stuff for Christmas so oh, it's like brilliant. what I made as a child yeah so she's got like a little dining table set <laughs> well done for your parents keeping that for, for I know, that time I know, they did so well um <laughs> So oh. they've got that. So she's obsessed with that. I mean, she absolutely loves it. So I'll just leave, I'll leave her to play with whatever they want to play with. And they go to whatever they like. And I'll go and put the tea on, <laughs> conjure up something vaguely healthy for us all, if I can. <laughs> I have no idea where time goes. At, no. At, you know, when you have kids and like, I just have no idea where time goes and how four o'clock, five o'clock rolls around so quickly. And, you're, and you think you've just finished lunch. And you're like, what? I have to do cooking again? <laughs> Dinner? <laughs> Exactly. I just always feel like, why does everyone always need feeding? Yes, exactly. It's like breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. <laughs> exactly. And you're always constantly having to think about it. So, yeah, when I know that's why I'm sort of like, right, four o'clock. OK, you guys go off and do your own thing now. So I'm going to try and 
cook us a meal, um, whatever that may be. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, yeah. And then my kids, because they get up so early, the only advantage of that is that we are usually in the bath by six-ish and they are well gone to bed by seven. And then the evening is mine to eat cream eggs on the sofa and in peace. So, um, yeah, that tends to be how, our, how, how most of our days go. Oh, lovely. Oh, and it's almost Easter. Lots of cream eggs to be had. <laughs> cream eggs are everywhere. This is my <laughs> thing. I have cream eggs from January to Easter and then um, chocolate oranges from September to Christmas. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very balanced chocolate diet there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um I went to our local shop yesterday. Amandine bless her is having quite a bad episode with teething and we'd run out of our baby Nurofen and I popped to our local shop to grab some. And I came back with some baby Nurofen sachets and also the largest bar of Galaxy I could get my hands on. <laughs> it was like one of those bars that are left over from Christmas, which is like three normal <laughs> bars put together. And so when I walked in the door my husband was like, "Oh, you're right there." <laughs> It's been a hard day. (laughs) Got your medicine as well. Exactly, Um, that's what you need. So, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of what I talk about on on my Instagram feed is just uh, scoffing, speed-eating chocolate. So sometimes I set up games purely to keep them distracted so that I can go into another room and speed-eat some chocolate. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> that is brilliant so especially teething yeah that's a that's a shocker oh it really is and I think it's the incisors that are coming right now which oh. apparently are the worst um and it's really affecting her sleep and her naps and I mean she's normally a brilliant sleeper but she's just awake um like five or six times in the night at the moment and she's doing she's never done this before but she started to call out mama and oh. there's just no way I can not go to that <laughs> No, it's heartbreaking. Something I just wanted to pick up on on what you just said was when you set up the games for your kids, um, you let them find the game. And I was reading about that in your book and I'd never really thought about it that way because I'm very much of a character I think where I'll set up the game and I'll be like right come on everyone and play everyone come and play this game and I think I'm probably going to fail if I do it that way by reading your book (laughs) well it's funny because I was exactly the same so um that's how kind of how I started and I would always be like tell them about it before I'd even set it up Mm. and then instantly regret it and think oh why have I done this and then they're at my feet going mommy when's it going to be ready when's it going to be what have you done what are we playing what we're doing and then they sort of spend so much time getting excited and fighting that by the time I'd done it, mm. they didn't care about it. And then it was I felt stressed and irritated and and it, and then I and then I started thinking to myself, I was like, well, I didn't do this when I was when I was in the classroom. So I should just adapt what I do in the classroom to home, but just in a much quicker, easier way. And so that was why I came up with the golden rule. And I just was like, right, I'm gonna just start doing what I would do in a classroom. Were they busy with something else, set it up in a different corner, a different room. And then wait and see what happens. And if they go over to it and show an interest, and then I sort of go, oh, do you want to play? I'll play with you. Um, But if they don't, then it doesn't matter. I don't feel that same stress level as I would if I told them about it. Mm. Uh, And then especially if you tell them about it and then you set it up and then they don't want to play, then you get this horrible, like, feeling of, like, failure or, you know, you just feel really disheartened. Think, oh, I've just done this for you. And then you've got no, you don't care. Whereas if you set it up and just leave it and have no expectation of whether what they're going to do and you totally let them decide it puts the control back with the child which is always the right way to go with, with kids is to let them lead the way when it comes to play 
And if they take the decision to play the game, they're much more likely to persevere with it and try a bit harder than they would if it was your decision to play. Because they feel like, you know, that they've had their say, they've had their little bit of control and power. And that that goes a long way with the child. Mm, Absolutely. So five minutes. Obviously, the whole book and your blog, everything is around the five-minute mum. Is there a reason why it's five minutes? Is there any science or research behind it? Or is it purely because we're keeping things short and sweet so it's um, easy for everybody to take part in? Um, It's because I'm really lazy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about my capacity at the time when they were three and one. It was like, I can't be bothered to spend more than five minutes doing something. (laughs) Because if it fails... Yeah, if I've spent any longer, it just felt so very much worse. So I think that was where it came from. And also, I just feel like as a parent, you often say, "Can I just can you just give me five minutes?" Like yeah. you just and you think, always think to yourself, "Oh, if I could just have five minutes, like things would be so much better." And that was what something that was always in my head. Um, so that was kind of where it came from. And I and I always time the setup of any game. So any of the games, every single game in my book, every I have timed how long it takes me to set it up, so that. I know it takes five minutes. It doesn't take longer than that. Sometimes we play for five minutes and sometimes it's longer, but um, at least the setup has only taken five minutes. Mm. And I think there is some there is some research to say 10 minutes a day. I think one-to-one time with a child um, is like the minimum amount that they need. Or just like if you do that, then you've basically really helped your child out with their development. If you give them that 10 minutes a day, one-to-one with a parent or with an adult, then they really massively benefit from that. And so obviously if you do play two five-minute games a day or you play one five-minute game that goes on for 10, 15 minutes, then, you know, you really you really can tick that box and say, well, today, you know what, I've done all right. Because although maybe everything else is a disaster zone in the house and we've all had days like that, at least we've played and I've done that with my child and given them that massively helpful one-to-one time. Mm. So these games that um, you've kind of outlined in your book and because you have a teaching background of course are you teaching different skills through these games yes so um there is a eyfs which is early years foundation stage curriculum which all nurseries and schools will follow and it it ticks off all different aspects of their education and when I was training as a teaching assistant, that was kind of how you would um, work with the teacher to lay out a day. So they would try and cover off, you know, lots of different parts of their development, whether it be speech language or social and emotional or um, literacy and numeracy skills. And so it just sort of, yeah, just so happened that with my own children, I came up across different barriers at different times and there would be you know a certain point where Ewan's um, speech needed some support so he didn't pronounce his f's for a long time so I was like oh I wonder what we could do to do support that so I came up with some of the speech and language games and then there'd be other times where you know it's sunny out so you want to be out in the garden then you're sort of promoting the physical side um so it just throughout the whole time I've been blogging it ended up covering off everything that's on the on the curriculum um under that EYFS banner that's amazing that's so great um so if you were doing homeschooling or something this book would actually be a real help because you're covering off the curriculum as well yeah I would I would I would really like to hope that that was the case Mm. and if I mean it's exactly the things I was doing in the classroom so Mm. um I as a teaching assistant you quite often work with children who 
uh, something's been taught within the classroom and certain children um, didn't quite understand it. And so you would do work with them separately uh, to help them learn it a different way. So you'd have to be a bit creative in kind of how you thought, right, well, they didn't get it when we did it in the class. So what else could we do that might help them understand this? Mm. Um, So a lot of it comes about through that. So it is a form of teaching, but teaching at this age is is trying to just learn through play so that's all the book is is just learning through play and making it the more fun it is the more children are going to want to do it and that's why um if yeah if you were homeschooling and learning through play that is the best thing that anyone can do really Mm. so how i have to ask but how are you inspired to find all the different games and also how do you find the time (laughs) to create all the different games i mean the book is full of so many (laughs) there are loads actually i i was really when i went to write them all down for the book i wrote every single idea i'd had on a post-it and it covered my entire bed and uh, I was like, oh, how am I going to put these into like chapters and stuff? It was really bizarre to see them all written down. And um, so it's a it's a weird one. I just sometimes it's when one of my children has a specific challenge mm-hmm. and, and I might rack my brain for a few days thinking about it just on and off. But sometimes like it's just um, and I write a little bit in the book about where my inspiration comes from at the top of each page. But so sometimes it was like when we were in Legoland, we were playing this reaction wall game um, and the kids loved it. It was like a little timer and they had to hit the button when it, when the light flashed. And I just stood there and I thought, oh, that would be really cool to do at home just with letters stuck to a wall with blue tack. And um, so when we went home, I wrote it on my phone, like under my notes. And then we just tried it out at home and the kids loved it just as much. It was just, just fun to play. So sometimes it's like I take inspiration from the places we're at but other times it's just you know I'm just in the shower and singing (laughs) myself and I'm like oh this would be good (laughs) (laughs) I Um, absolutely adore the teddy on the zip line one that looks (laughs) that's just so simple but would be so amusing I mean especially for my one-year-old she'd love it she would absolutely love it I think that was um a friend of mine a friend Gemma hi Gemma if you're listening um she uh, she suggested to me about she said something about how oh we we do something down the stairs before and she said oh you could do it with hangers couldn't you and I was like oh that's a really good idea let's let's do a teddy zip wire and we were like talking about it between us and I think she sent that to me and then we tried it out and I was like this is fun <laughs> so good so, yeah, sometimes it's people sending me stuff or sending me things that we've done in the they've done in the classroom and then I sort of oh what could how could we change that for whatever we need it for so yes it comes from all over the place but yeah teddy zip white is really good fun so what are your favorite ones for a rainy day um what do we do on most rainy days so ones that we um sort of go to time and time again are the code breaker um, and that's where you trap a teddy in a box and they have to crack the code to try and get him out. Oh, brilliant. And the, they crack the code just by literally rolling a dice and then they have to write the numbers that come up on the dice in a box and that cracks the code. Um, so that's always been a really big favourite of my shoe because I think it just sparks children's imagination when mm. you can do like that. And that's similar to the pirate treasure map one where I pretend a uh, a pirate maps come through the door but actually i've just plonked it on the doormat <laughs> i'm like oh there's a pu- so there's a pirate into the house and then they open the map and it's just they have to go around the house and find the letters basically um, it's brilliant. So anything that's kind of a bit there's a character that's naughty in it the kids seem to really love on a rainy day in the house 
Um, but we also like doing like the blindfold pin the features on the face game on rainy days. Um, that's always good fun, which is like pin the tail on donkey, but just with a face because who can draw a donkey? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not me either. Definitely not me either. Some favourites. Toy Tombola is a really big favourite because, again, they think they win the toy, even though it's their toy that they've had for years. <laughs> but, you know, they've drawn a ticket out of a hat and it says number five and they've won the teddy that's number five in the line. They, they're Aww. like, number five. Um, so that's always a really big one. And then the one I talked about at the beginning, which was the, the puzzle past the parcels, always a yeah. really good a good rainy day one you can sit inside and and then have a little party afterwards that's that's what we tend to do with the past the past which sort of sparks them into that oh we're at a party mode um so we sometimes will have a little disco afterwards or something like that so it's always good for a rainy day cool we'll, ju- we'll just come to yours on a rainy day if that's okay <laughs> <laughs> sounds like way more fun than my house right now on a rainy day right it's now i'm like <laughs> pulling my hair out thinking what can i do <laughs> well, i think we all feel like that sometimes don't we and i mean i even me like since i've had the book printed i'm so glad because i can just flick through my own book yeah <laughs> I used to have to like go back onto my blog and think oh what should we play today and now I'm like oh good I've got it all in a book <laughs> that's fantastic so what I also love about your book just having a brief flick through um was you're not just focusing on the kiddos you're also focusing on us mums and dads and parents and carers um so I had a couple of questions to ask around that what yeah. is your favorite game to actually keep your sanity when you need five minutes to just be by yourself or get something done for you is there a game that you can recommend that you've written about in your book that you can set your kids off on well it's um that is quite a difficult one to say one because it's changed as the as they've grown so Mm -hmm. it's it was one like at one years old um the best one that I did was with Florence was to make a handbag for her brilliant made my a, a real hand so I went to a charity shop and got a real handbag a real purse put some old train tickets in it put some keys in it you know some empty bottles and things that she you know that were safe for her as a baby and she would just sit and pull it all out bit mm. by bit like exploring opening zipping opening the purse seeing what was in it and she felt like she was getting into my handbag because I would just leave it within her reach mm-hmm. um, and it would just buy me five minutes instantly mm. um and Likewise, when she was little, you know, like one year old, um, getting out the uh, the pasta posting. So getting a cardboard box, popping some holes in it and then giving them a big tub of pasta. Oh, my goodness. You've totally reminded me how I came across your wonderful Instagram now because Sarah, (laughs) who has been on the podcast and she's come, she's done a few mum talk live events, um, the Unmumsy Mum. She had. She was doing that game on her Instagram. Yes. And then I saw you, and then I found you. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was the one. Well. Um, and that one went. Yeah, I had that on the page for ages because everybody kept sending me it because they'd all seen Wolf doing it, um, which was really nice. So I, that was my go-to for Florence and you. And when they were little, was get out mm. a big tub of pasta, give them either saucepans or something they could poke it through, and that would buy me the piece usually to like you know do something in the kitchen because they would just be at my feet doing that and wouldn't mm. kind of bugging me so but as they've gotten older now with Florence um I tend to set up like a dolly bath time for her for five minutes piece so uh, in the bottom of the shower I'll just put a little tub of water and a few like flannels and towels and her dolls and she'll sit and give them all a bath and that 
always buys me some teeth with her at the moment when we're at home together on our own because she's still with me a few days a week at home till she starts school so it, yeah it's changed and adapted over the over the course of time really that's fantastic and I also love the one that you have in there about your five minute triangles where to all to do about not not being overwhelmed and as a mum and how you or you explain it because it's so much better but I loved it in your book <laughs> yeah so I saw um, I saw something similar to this online and I was like oh this suits me perfectly it was I can't remember what, where what it was about originally but and it was like about triangling things and I was like well this is perfect for parenting because this is how you feel as a parent you feel like you're pulled in lots of different directions at any point in time so so the example I use in the book is um, one afternoon I had uh, Florence had woken up from a nap really grumpy. I don't know why kids do that. Like he's had two hours sleeping. Why are you sad? <laughs> <laughs> I would be so happy if someone let me have two hour nap. But she woke up really grumpy and just, all she wanted was cuddles with me. So I sat sort of cuddling her for ages to try and cheer her up. And then I knew we had Ewan's homework to do for school. So we had um, sat together at the table when Florence, with Florence sort of on my lap and we had done a bit of homework together. And and then I realised, like you say, time just gets away with you. And it was five minutes past, past five. We normally eat our dinner at five o'clock. And I hadn't even thought, what are we going to eat for dinner or anything? So I just sort of like walked to the fridge, grabbed a takeaway curry that was left over and cocked up, um, cooked up and, and cocked up sometimes. Um, dinner for the kids which was like beans on toast or something like egg and beans on toast and just sort of chopped it in front of them and I felt really awful about myself because I was like oh this is like you know this is not what I had in my head as a mum like I was going to be stood at a kitchen counter scoffing a biryani and the kids were going to be eating like beans on toast and last minute kind of chucked them and then I just was like hang on a minute like why am I picking myself here like the kids I've both had some attention from me and I've fed them <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have cooked like a dinner from scratch that day because if I'd done that, then I wouldn't have been able to cuddle Florence or wouldn't have been able to do Ewan's homework. And so I just put it into a triangle and said, right, if you're in a situation where you've got several things at once that need your attention, you can only ever pick two, like you have two hands pick two that you can actually do and then one ball has to get dropped one of the corners has to get dropped and then that day it happened to be you know a home cooked from meal from scratch meal but other days it can be other things sometimes I won't have time to sit with Florence for ages and ages to comfort her she might have to be a bit grizzly at my feet or other days you know Ewan's homework might have to be skipped and you know I will cook that dinner and Florence will be cuddled until she's happy again it's just like it's about that constant juggle isn't it so I sort of feel like if you can put it into a triangle in your head and know that you can't do all three of those things you cannot it's not possible um if you can triangle it in your head and say well just pick two pick two and do those and then you know you've done something really great and then Mm. you can take those off and it kind of eases that guilt makes you feel a little bit better when things sometimes feel like they're a bit overwhelming or a bit much Mm, absolutely because it's so easy to try and do absolutely everything and it's just it is not possible and I love how clearly you put that in your book it is not possible do not even try <laughs> no it's not possible <laughs> no super mum and super dad don't exist no. they are of all our imaginations and yeah we we're all just trying our best and I think that's sometimes we are really hard on ourselves aren't we as, as parents and we feel like just because we didn't do one thing it's you know we forget all the stuff we have actually done mm. so 
way of trying to say that don't forget the things you have done absolutely absolutely okay so my last question for you is tell us what readers can expect from your book it is obviously released tomorrow which will um i mean it will be very much released when this goes live next week um but tell us what they can expect from your book so uh it's a the way i've done it is like a recipe book so um, when you're stuck for what, what are we going to eat sometimes you flick through a recipe book um this book is designed exactly the same way but what are we going to play what are we going to do and I'm hoping that people will uh, flick through it and see something they like, fold down pages, write in the write in the little blank spaces that there are. This book, this game's great. You know, we like this one. This is a favourite of so-and-so's. Um, and it's just, it's split into chapters. So some of them are specifically to help get school ready or um, to uh, for games that are me versus you. So parents versus children or grown-ups versus children or children versus each other and um, it's split out into yeah five chapters obviously everything's in fives <laughs> and then dotted in between all the games there are little bits and pieces of things that I've written about on the blog like how to support with speech and language or how you might um get your children ready for school in terms of you know their um if they're anxious about it or um all other little tips and tricks that I've sort of picked up along the way and shared on the blog and people people like and 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 share so I've tried to sort of cram all of that into five chapters um, and the last chapter is about quick ideas so it's the quick ideas that I do like you say for the five minutes piece or just the quick grab and go things on a rainy day um, and that's kind of yeah that's that's basically what it all is I should probably get better at saying some sort of like snappy spiel <laughs> no not at all I mean it's I can definitely say, I mean, I haven't even had a chance to really read through it all, but even just flicking through it, that it is full of so much good stuff. (laughs) So, so much stuff for such a huge variety of ages. Um, And even say that as an adult, you would really enjoy most of the games in here, especially playing them with your little ones. And then there's cooking things at the end. It's, it's brilliant. I, I really am going to find it so, so helpful. So thank you so yeah. much for writing it. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. And that's who I've done it for. I've done it for the parents. It's that, that people always think, oh, you're right. You're doing all this stuff for the kids. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not actually. I'm doing it for the parents because that's the people, you know, play can be so boring with children sometimes. Like, mm you know none of none of us want to play the same repetitive things over and over again do we so that was part of my motivation as well so so that I actually had fun so and also we don't know if we're doing it right there's so many times I've kind of been asking my friends who are at the same stages with their little ones am I am I playing with my daughter in the right way should I be doing this should I be getting her more interactive games and toys and or or, you know should I be trying to set up mini tea parties I don't know what I'm meant to be doing because you know I haven't got a teaching background from like school kids and um it's just really wonderful to know that actually every activity that you've outlined in your book there is experience your experience as a teacher and experience behind it that you're actually helping them with something on their learning journey into you know childhood yeah isn't it and we all want to feel yeah like it's like that feeling of being useful isn't it Mm. like you just do something for the sake of it you actually think I want to use this time effectively and especially if we're short on time you know lots of parents lots of us have have very little time sometimes in the day with children so the little time you do have you can use that for something that makes you feel really great as a parent it's just such a nice feeling I think and and then you can kind of go to bed going 
and kicking the guilt a little bit that we all walk around with on our shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Daisy, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really, really appreciate you giving us your time today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really nice to talk to you. And there we have it. Thank you so, so much on listening in today. As always, I love to hear from you. So please do get in contact. You can either do that through a direct message on Instagram at mumtalkpodcast or on Emma Jolan. I'm on both whenever I am on social and also on email mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Please let me know that you are listening. And also we have five episodes left of this series and I want to cover what you guys want to hear. So if you have any recommendations on guests or if you want to have a particularly themed topic, then please, please, please pop me a DM or an email and let me know because this podcast is about sharing experiences which are helpful to you all. So if there's something that you want covered let's do that let's cover it and I would either try and get in a guest or I can maybe even get in one of you guys so please please pop me a dm at mum talk podcast instagram or emma jolan instagram or the email that I just gave previous I will be back with you all next week so I will pop a little question box on my instagram if there is anything you want me to chat about next week all right lots of love bye <laughs>